It's the rewatch show, emptying the notebook, breaking down Washington State, Wisconsin. Uh, how good was Tanner Mordecai really? Do we have an athletic disadvantage? Uh, we're going to talk about all that and more on Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every day. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. We're doing the Empty the Notebook show, the rewatch. We got Rajiv joining us for this one, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Rajiv, let's just start here. Let's start. We both went back, rewatched the game, took notes. Uh, I think we focused on a few different areas, which I think is going to be great. Uh, let's start with quarterback. Let's start with Tanner Mordecai. I'm curious to see where you're at after rewatching him. I want third quarter Tanner Mordecai. That's number one. That because the, the the passion that he played with and the the accuracy that he played with was frankly much better. And I think a lot of it's confidence. I don't know why he seems to be lacking a little bit of that. But one of the biggest issues that I saw with Mordecai was the deep balls. Uh, second quarter, I think about 11 minutes to go, was the C.J. Williams um, fade route, and he, he he threw the ball out of bounds. He didn't even give C.J. a chance to catch the ball. And we saw that with a couple deep balls. That was that twice with CJ that happened. Um, and then the, the, the sort of the famous pass to Green, not the fourth down one, the one that was over the middle. It was like the post route that Green ran. That was really more on Green after rewatching. I don't really think that was um, that was Mordecai because a, a mistimed jump is really what affected that. But I am a little bit concerned about his ability to throw the ball deep accurately. We've loaded up the wide receiver room with a lot of talent. And in order to use those guys effectively, we're going to need to be able to have an accurate quarterback. Now, I'm fine. I think overall he's going to be fine. And, and he's still a, a much better position than Mertz was. But I do think that that he, he gets a little off with his deep balls. Now, part of that is there was some pressure on him in some of those situations. The, the pocket wasn't always clean. We've talked about the O-line. And I know we're going to get into the O-line a little bit today. But that is something that I feel like, a little bit of happy feet, indecision. Uh, the other thing with Mordecai is that I feel like he threw the ball too late sometimes. There were opportunities where he needs to trust and, and throw the ball a little faster. Probably he's avoiding turnovers, given the fact that he's already thrown several um, interceptions and didn't have really touchdowns. So I think there's a little bit of indecisiveness there, which I expect to get better. From a raw talent perspective, everything I saw watching the game last night, I think he has it. Like he can make the throws except some of those deep balls, but I do believe that accuracy will get better. But that is an issue. I mean, he he missed some guys wide that were really wide open, including the fourth down one to green as well. That was another one that really should have happened late in the game. And he just missed it. Whether it's timing with the wide receivers, more times being more, more time being spent with them that will improve that, I don't know or if better pass protection will help that. But there are some issues, especially with deep ball accuracy. Yeah, I, so I, I really agree with that point you made. Um, I, so I came out, I think I just reading between the lines with you, I think I came out of this feeling a little better about Mordecai. Um, I, you, you mentioned some of the indecisiveness, not getting the ball. My takeaway was on that was he did turn it over on the road and he mm -hmm. used his legs really well. I thought there was four or five scramble situations where he picked up three yards, five yards, mm -hmm. six yards, right? Instead of taking a sack or just throwing it out of bounds, he was able to move the chains a little bit with his legs, which I thought was really encouraging. Um, one of the most encouraging points in the game to me was right the, the possession immediately after the, the second blindside sack. So he had the scoop and score. He came out and it was three straight completions right after mm -hmm. that. Like the dude's unflappable. And that part I love. Like it's, there was, they went right back to the pass game and it was bam, 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 right down the field, three completions. So, mm -hmm. and they were good completions too. Really good. That's yeah. one of his better, you know, areas of the game was that drive. 
I was really impressed by that. A lot of quarterbacks I feel like might have been looking over their back shoulder a little bit and justifiably so. We're going to get to that. Um, I thought that was good. I went back and so I'm going to we're going to spend a little more time on Tanner. I really focused in on him. I went back and I looked at every throw he made and graded it in terms of good throw, bad throw, if you throw. And I'm not grading decision making because I'm not in any place to do that. I can't see the all 22. I'm not in the right. right. But just is the ball placement good? Did you hit the receiver in stride? Is it a low pass, a high pass? Uh, out of his nine, I would say bad passes out of 39 is what I tracked. Um, five of those were, were, were deep balls. Like he was, that's the majority of them. Um, mm-hmm. He threw nine balls that I categorized as over 20 yards. And of those nine, uh, five of them weren't good. One was mediocre and three were solid. You had the DK one right away, which was really good. The Bryson Green one down the right sideline, which was really good. But for the most part, he, he the deep ball accuracy, to your point, is all over the map. It really is. The intermediate stuff is really good. I think the mobility is good and the toughness is good. It's the deep ball stuff that's still a little iffy. So I 100% agree on that point. Now you did mention DK. You know he had a good ball to DK. I wonder again, not seeing the L22 and seeing the route itself. I wonder how much DK because he's a really solid wide receiver. How much was he able to kind of cover up some of that? Like because should I guess should Green have been able to make the proper adjustments on his ball or CJ? Now one of CJ's balls was literally out of bounds, so that's yeah. not him on him, but. I think that the second one was kind of catchable, a little bit of maybe a pass interference call on that. But um, but I think I wonder how much of that is DK really helping out. And and when the guys are making those proper adjustments, which they should be able to do because we have a good wide receiver room. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is the numbers could have been even a little worse had DK not made the adjustments. Now, again, not really seeing the route. You can't really know what was happening. But I have a feeling that he kind of covered up some of those mistakes as well. Yeah, D- DK was really good. I'll, I will get to receivers. I also want to point out maybe maybe his best throw of the night, uh, second best, because the best was that Skyler Bell touchdown pass, yeah. which we mentioned was that's an NFL play. Like that mm-hmm. is an incredible play. Being chased by stone on the edge, throwing across your body with that type of accuracy, incredible. Um, that shows you what he can do at times. Uh, but maybe his second best throw, if you remember, you remember the back shoulder throw through to Bryson Green in tight yes. coverage that was nullified by a penalty. By the way, I went and looked at that penalty. It was uh, offensive lineman downfield and Bordellini. He was he wasn't he, he wasn't. It's was a terrible call. Yeah, he was like a yard and a half downfield, which in college football is perfectly okay. They threw the flag, but that was a great throw. So I came away feeling pretty good about Mordecai, but I do agree with you the deep ball accuracy. And and it's just that like. When you think air raid, I know that we've talked about whether what air raid really means, but we do need to throw the ball downfield for this to really work. Like we need to do that. It helps open up the run. It helps keep men out of the box. It helps keep the safeties back. Like all these things, we do want that deep ball threat. And if consistently we're seeing those deep balls not really hitting, that's going to affect our ability to run our offense the way that we want to. And I think it'll come. I think there is, I, I do think the pass protection hurt that a little bit, but that is an important piece of what I think we want to do here, especially with the weapons we have. Let me ask you one more on Mordecai. And I don't want to turn this into an entire Mordecai show. Right. We need to tell our positions, but you see some of the throws Cam Ward had to make, and they were wide, wide open, like some of those. Um, there were there were plays that Tanner has to make. Uh, Bryson had a step on a guy. There weren't a lot of wide, wide open throws though for Mordecai to make downfield right and I don't know if that's a scheme thing I don't know if Washington State just played incredible in the back seven if it's a combination there weren't a ton of easy the, the easiest one is week one and Skylar Bell that he dropped but there haven't been a ton of just coverage breakdowns or wide open throws either downfield for him to make in my opinion 
I agree. There haven't been, which is why I'm so curious to see, which I wish we could watch the all 22s to see how the routes are. Cause I think some of that could be route running. I mean, I think that with better route running, you, you, you can kind of get that separation, but that being said, in some of those cases, you put up a 50, 50 ball, right? Give your receiver right. a chance. Some of those, the, the chance wasn't even there. And that, I think that's what was most upsetting to me on the rewatch was the, the a couple, the one pay, the, the fourth down pass to Bryson green and the CJ Williams outside the end zone. It's like, those guys, you got to give him a chance because if you if you give Bryson Green a chance, I think he's going to come down with it. Now he did on the, the post pattern. I think I don't know when that was, but that one was a Bryson Green miss. But I I do think that maybe it's route running, maybe it's a little scheme, and I think those issues can get worked through. I'm not really concerned about our receivers getting separation because it's going to happen. That being said, this is Washington State. What happens when we play Iowa and Ohio State? Those defensive backfields are going to be really really great, and it's going to be challenging, but. I think that'll come with time, uh, but I just want just give the receivers a chance. You got to give them a chance. But I also don't want to sound like I'm, I'm coming off like I, I thought Mordecai had played horribly because I don't think he did. I think he he threw many great balls and in, 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 into tight spots, like as, as you mentioned, which he deserves credit for. But this one piece of his game is the thing that after the rewatch, I was just like, he's got to hit the deep balls if this is really going to work. If we're going to extend the field, like we all expected to and all we all we all feel like we need to in order to make the offense successful yeah i 100 agree with that uh we're gonna take a quick break for our friends over at ebay motors we're coming back we're talking running backs offensive line receivers we get a bunch to get into on the rewatch but first a quick break for our friends of the show over at ebay motors and again i've talked about ebay motors a lot and just a place that i can go to to find the right parts the right fit the right prices guaranteed fit um, it's something I could have used when I, you know, got in a car accident with the tree because I didn't want to be yelled at for being late. I would have gone to even motors, passion, driving patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy in today's game. That's also what keeps your ride alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. Keep it at peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power style, or all of the above, eBay motors has you covered over 122 million parts for your ride. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride alive at ebay.com motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, let's get Rajiv back on. Let's talk running backs, Rajiv. Uh, on the rewatch, what stuck out to you for running backs? really um inability to break tackles inability to really make moves that that were effective my biggest takeaway with running backs was honestly the play calling which had the screen passes out to the left and right for both of them which i think were horribly ineffective um and when you had that with bell it was a little bit better look i'm all for receivers catching the ball out of the backfield i think that's important i'm glad that braylon allen is catching more than he was before but we're just not setting up the downfield blocking so that he can really be effective on those screen passes and as far as Braylon out, I think as I rewatched, I was even frankly just more disappointed in his performance. I think that there were times where he just wasn't himself. He just didn't. He he has this normal burst that he kind of uses his frame and his size to bust through holes and to make people miss. And then he has shifty feet, but he didn't have that. He looked like it almost looked like he was tired or in pain. Maybe there's a lingering injury of some kind. Something doesn't look right with him. And I noticed that like just right away. First of all, seven carries, not enough for him. I think he needed a little more time to get into the game and, and more carries. But I was really upset with his ability to just break tackles and, and really make people miss, which he wasn't doing. Now, the run blocking was also not there, which we'll get into with the offensive line. Um, but 
we need to be able to rely on him more. And I think that overall, it's, his ability to break tackles just wasn't there. Um, and and Chez, after everything that we saw last week with, with the Buffalo game, which was fantastic, similar thing. He did a little bit better. Um, he had one long, I think, 17-yard run. But otherwise, there really wasn't much to speak of. Now, I think a lot of that was scheme and play calling as well. So I'm not putting it all on the running backs uh, because I think that Braylon should have had 14 or 15 carries versus seven um, in, in more true sort of running situations uh, because I do think our line can be good run blockers. But, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really there, and, and they were not effective. And anything they really tried, neither of those guys really – and I think they were overused in the passing game, but just not effective running the ball. Yeah, I think it was like to me. It felt like a game script thing. When I'll start with the the run pass disparity, Braylon getting set. It just felt like they got behind so quick, and and Braylon wasn't effective, right? I think this they saw same, maybe this some of the same things you saw, where this doesn't look like it's it's working, and we can't throw away plays right now. Now, I think you can argue that swing pass to the the sideline is kind of throwing away a play at this point. We listen, we've seen it for two weeks to Braylon. It's not working. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Braylon's fault. I. I it may just, it may be, I'm sure it looked better in practice, which may be an indictment on our defense, by the way. You know, like I'm sure it's worked better in practice because if that's what it looked like in practice, they wouldn't be running it six times a game yeah. so far this season. But we've seen two weeks of it against not great competition. Like it's not working, you know. And we saw, to your point, Skylar Bell get two straight possessions running that kind of smoke screen and we got six, seven yards of pop on it. Mm-hmm. I bet you Chesman Lucy would look better in that role, right? It's curious to me that we're not using him in that role. Uh, we're mm-hmm. using Braylon so much. So I the other was, thing about that is it's very predictable too. On on all the every time you ran that play, you immediately saw the defense react. Like they were they immediately saw him running out of the backfield. And they always team tend to do it when they're they're both running two running back sets. Now I like the idea of two running back set, sets in general, but it seems like every time we have them out there, one of them is they're they're both sprinting out or one of them sprinting out, and then immediately the defense reacts to that. They're playing man coverage behind. They, they attack with their linebackers, and they're able to stay sniff out the play very, very quickly. And yet we went back to it again and again, and the same linebackers reacted the same way. Mm-hmm. It's not working, right? No. I mean, through two weeks, it's not working. And I would like to see them go away from that a little bit or find different personnel. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe maybe pump fake there and have a, have a wheel route or something like that. Like give, give them – I mean, I haven't seen either of them run a wheel route yet, at least maybe on the L22s they have, but I haven't seen it. Run a wheel route, like run something deeper with those guys. It, it, it's just like it's almost too obvious what's happening. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, Chez, the one thing I would say, and we're going to get into offensive line, when two running backs both struggle, it does kind of – what's the the common between the two of them? Probably the offensive line not really doing a great job sustaining mm-hmm. and blocks. Uh, let's move to receivers. Um, let me start on this one. I, I, I was probably too hard on them. It's something you mentioned – in the grades, you thought it was maybe a little low. On the rewatch, man, Chim had two great catches. Mm. Calling was explosive. I would like to see Bryce. Bryce and Green has we talked about has to catch that deep post. Yes. He, he got a hand and a half on it. He missed like, time to jump. You got to catch that. It's not a perfect throw, but you got to catch that one. Um, I, overall, though, I continue to be very impressed with um, Pauling and his explosiveness. He, he is clearly an elite level explosive athlete. And he, it, it shows up on field. Um, and then DK is unquestionably the guy right now, the number one receiver. He is dependable. He is getting open. He's making tough catches. He Mordecai trusts him a lot. I'm, I'm pretty high on this receiver group, even though I think people expect it a little bit more. Yeah. If you watch the all 22, I would expect to see Chim Ray running incredible routes 
because he's getting open. He's creating that separation. Honestly, without him right now, I think we're in a bit of trouble. Like he has saved us and he's done really, really great things. He's making the proper adjustments in the air. He's coming out with the ball. He's clearly seeing the field well. He's reading the defense. He's taking the right position, you know, and it's just, it shows. It really, really shows. And I think Williams and, and Green will both get there. They're both really talented and Green especially. I think maybe for Green, it's just new surroundings, new offense, new team. And he just hasn't really quite settled in as much as we would expect him to. Uh, but Chimre just shows that he was number one last year. He's wide receiver number one again. He is by far the most dependable guy we have. And I think that Mordecai sees that and is 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 targeting him, which is great because he's able to can make that connection. And they just have a really they're either in sync. Um, they do really well. I also really want to say that Skylar Bell had a good game as well. Mm. I think Skylar Bell, who you know I love, obviously the drop in week one was horrible, but Think about had he made that catch. We'd be talking about a great touchdown, a great route that he got wide open. He did excellent yesterday. That awesome touchdown pass that he caught, the screen passes that he caught. It was, he's very, very quick, um, and he's he's so fast. He's a he's a perfect person to kind of back up pulling and really even have them both out the field at the same time. I think when you look at DK pulling and and um, and Bell, those are the guys, right? Those are the three guys right now that are very very effective, and that we need to really use more. And I continue to say that Bell can be a fantastic receiver because he's he's got great downfield speed. I think he's very quick out of cuts. I think he's a good route runner. I know his hands are a bit of a question, but I do believe that, he, look, you're not playing at this level if you don't have the hands. And I think he does. He's made a couple of mistakes. It's technique. It's key, It's seeing it all the way in. But I think he those three guys really have impressed me. And I know Bell had that big drop last year, last week, but those three by far have been our best receivers and really deserve a lot of credit for keeping us in the game and, and, and putting us in a position that we could have won. Well, and here's the thing too. Uh, so much credit deservedly. So goes to Mordecai for that scramble drill touchdown, but that's yeah. a really tough catch by Skyler as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a great job of him adjusting his route to the scramble, getting open, staying in the play. It's an effort thing. It's a focus thing. Cause a lot of people stop when someone starts scrambling, they hesitate. Um, yeah. Bell, that's Bell had a great game. Let's go offensive line. Uh, something that we've, has caused much consternation. Uh, what did you see on the rewatch on the offensive line? Yikes is what I saw. Um, look, let's start. Let's start with the bad. I mean, Jack Nelson, my gosh, from in a true pass set, he had a 48.8 uh, PFF grade. I mean, really, really not good. I, there were so many times where the pocket was fairly clean and you just saw Jack Nelson struggling. Now, he was up against clearly their best pass rusher, but he was in a one-on-one -on -one situation and he just was getting beat time and time again. It really did not look good. The, 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 the speed rusher was clearly going low. He couldn't handle him. And he was trying to kind of just push him out of the way. He had no leverage. He needed to stay lower and he just, he had nothing. And it just, it looked like he was constantly trying to just play defense there and just try to figure out a way to stop the guy. It wasn't working at all. And I mean, we've talked about him on the reaction show. Obviously, I think he's the reason that we gave up a lot of the points that we did. And that's 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 bad. On the opposite side of that, I think Riley Malman had a really good game. And I think it was the, the, the rest of the line kind of get under got undersold based on what Nelson did. But I think for the most part, they played fairly well. Um, you know, Malman had an 85.5 grade in, in true pass sets. And I think that, you know, he really did well. He helped that that right side was under control. I'm not saying it was a perfect game, but it was under control. I also think Bordellini had a fairly good game. Um, his, his grades weren't exactly where I, I thought they were going to be. When I looked at the PFF grades, 
Um, his his true pass that was only fifty five point four, which I was a little surprised by. But I think watching the watching the tape, I thought he looked pretty good. There wasn't a lot of penetration that he gave up. I think he did a pretty good job creating that pocket. Um, and as far as the guards, Wedig, I think when he was in there looked pretty good. Huber and, and, and Fertney were okay. I, I think they both could have been better, mainly in run blocking. I think that's where they are relied upon more. And I thought they 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 didn't really do that strongly there. Uh, but I want to give credit to Malman because I think Malman, who was also up against a good pass rusher, did not have near the problems that Nelson had. He was able to make the proper adjustments. You saw him kind of going lower, really getting leverage and making sure that he was able to keep his guy off. But Nelson just didn't happen. I don't know what was going on with him that day, but it looked really bad. And rewatching it, you just saw time and time again, he just looked uncomfortable. And he looked like he was constantly trying to figure out how to stop this guy, but he couldn't stop it. And of course, we talked about the coaching. There should have been some help taken his way that wasn't really there. Uh, but overall, from a run perspective, nobody was really good. Pass protection, I think Bordellini and Malman, I actually liked what they did from a pass protection, pass pro perspective. Yeah, I agree with you on Malman. Um, I thought that was, I don't I don't think Malman was great week one. I thought this was a good bounce back for him. There's a bunch of plays, man, where you watch on a pass set, Nelson's again, you talked about it, and then Malman is walling his guy up and is holding yeah. on line on an island. So it's that's a good step for Malman. It was interesting to me to watch for adjustments after, especially that second strip sack. Are they gonna because on several plays the protection scheme had Rucci um starting on the end, but then kind of transitioning into the middle of the line to kind of clean up anything coming through. And I thought they would have taken Rucci and used him to chip a little bit more to help on the edge. And they just didn't. It, it was really surprising to me that there wasn't more of an adjustment or almost an acknowledgement that we can't handle stone today. Um, it was interesting to me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. And all those coaches know more about football than I ever will. But like what would have been the fans reaction if Nelson got beat again on the edge on a play where they didn't give him help? Like there's a point where, like he's, I don't know. It, it was I mean, he, he was getting beat. You're right. The, the adjustment has to be made, and it just yeah. it just wasn't. And and that ended up caught the strip sack was, was horrible. The scoop and score. I mean, that was it was awful. And and you you look at Nelson after the play. He knows it was on him, and it's just like. And then you, you it's funny. You you watch that. You watch the game again, and you think to yourself, okay, this line was. We talked about a lot about the line. Who was the best lineman coming into the season? I mean, there was no doubt that it was Jack Nelson, right? That's that was our consensus. I mean, I think Renfro, a healthy Renfro, was in the discussion. But yeah, we thought it was Nelson. Yeah, and 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 I think the question now is: so let's say Renfro is healthy. I mean, are you? I I actually Bordellini's played really well at center. I, I'm I'm comfortable with him being there. And I think with Huber and Wedding get left guard, I'm I'm okay with that for now as well. I do want Renfro to come in there and, and hopefully be that center that we need, allowing Bordellini to go to the better position, which I think will help our run blocking because Bordellini is a better run blocker at guard. Um, so that's going to be really inter interesting to see what happens when Renfro's healthy and will he be able to kind of get back in there and take that starting job. Yeah, I I, I look forward to that because I think it, it solidifies the line. I think Renfro's probably better making the calls too. Week one, there were some blitz pickup issues. We talked about it on the rewatch where the offense line got a little confused. I think Renfro will be better in those spots. Um, all right, coming up, we're going to talk defensive line, linebackers, cornerback safeties. we got a lot to discuss. Are you with me? Uh, but first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Jace Medical. Uh, new friends of the show over at Jace Medical. And Jace is really a company that that came, that that arose from a need out of, out of COVID, out of some of these issues where, you know, maybe you couldn't go get the medical attention, the medical supplies, the medical equipment you need. And Jace is there to do that. Jace provides 
five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jay's case is to fill out a simple online form. In some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. Uh, don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivered and ongoing consultation and care. Uh, save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Com. Everyone should be, as I said, empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why you have the Jace case providing five life-saving antibiotics. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Now, let's get Rajiv back on here. I think you're back. We had a bit of a technical issue, but there's, there's Rajiv. I, I was I, I could hear myself. I could see myself, and I was like, I don't know. It was all frozen. So sorry. It's probably my Wi-Fi. But. No, we got you. We got you fine. Let's go to defensive line because I think I think the rewatch. One of the most interesting things to me was the defensive line and the linebackers. I thought I continue to be more and more impressed by James Thompson. Mm. I, he had two plays specifically that stood out to me on the rewatch. There was one in the second quarter. Um, multiple Badgers missed Cam Ward. Cam Ward was scrambling. It was a 10-second scramble. I mean, the 10 seconds were off the game clock. You think of a defensive lineman chasing Cam Ward for 10 seconds. Thompson chased him down the sideline, took him down for, for no gain. To me, that's an incredible hustle play for a defensive lineman to get out, out there for 10 seconds and get Cam Ward. And then the safety, and I'm going to call it a safety because it was a friggin' safety. Uh, that's, a, that's a true pass rush win. Some of, the, some of the plays in a game are coverage or maybe Cam Ward was a little indecisive. That was a true pass rush win for James Thompson off the snap, beat the left tackle, violent hands, and got there within three seconds to take down Cam Ward for a big-time sack. So more and more impressed with James Thompson the more I watch him. Yeah, um, I completely agree with you. I love that play down the sideline that James Thompson found. And I, when we talk about disruptive players on the defense, he is that guy from the line that I think has kind of stepped up and can be that disruptive player. I was actually very, very impressed with James Thompson um, it's funny when, when the game ended originally, I was kind of thinking, oh, yeah, Rodas Johnson had a good game. Then in the rewatch, I was like, I don't actually think Rodas Johnson played that well. What I really am, am feeling bad about is the middle of that defensive line, because I think that there's, there continues to be no real pressure up front. Paez just isn't able to create that, that penetration that you really need, which I think affects everything. It affects the pass rush because when you have that penetration with like, the good old Benton guy that we had for so long when he could create that penetration, a lot of those linebackers could do what they need to do. So I'm still expecting hopefully some, some, some improvement from that line. And I think Varner, we haven't seen enough from him yet. I hope that, that we, we do, but Thompson definitely can be a game wrecker. And also the more confidence he continues to get, the more he plays with the, the, that tackle on board definitely kind of hyped him up. And you saw that throughout the rest of the game. He actually played with the chip on his shoulder the rest of the game because he knew that he was one of the only guys that could actually stop Ward and really get that penetration. And it's all, for me, it's all penetration with these guys. What can they do? How can they get past that line to create havoc and let the linebackers feast on that? And that's what we have not seen enough of yet. So I do, I'm going to be watching that every week to see kind of what Pius can do in the middle and whether it's Neil or whoever comes in to do that. We have to get better, better, better penetration you know, off that, those, that a gap right there, it has to happen. Uh, but yeah, listen, really, really pleased with Thompson. think he had a great game, definitely the top performer on that line. And I think we'll see continued growth from him. I don't think this is going to stop. I think now that he kind of can see where 
where he lines up and and you can see he's he's taking his place as our best lineman i feel like and we're going to see that continue to improve for sure mm -hmm. uh darian varner did play a little bit more a little bit more listen i didn't see a lot of bursts from him but i'm also it's very he's he's has been kind of hurt or limited for so long that i want to give it a little bit more time i don't think it's fair to like really hammer home on ah, i wanted two sacks from him. well you, you got to give it a little bit of time for I got to get back into the flow, uh, flow of things. Let's go linebackers. Rajiv, what do you see from the linebacking group, good and bad? Yeah, so first of all, I think that Jake Cheney has really come out as the most athletic guy that we have. He can be that game record, can make disruptive plays. Um, I like talking about disruptive plays. It's something that you brought up a lot. Now I watch it every time I'm thinking about that disruption. I'm, I'm glad that you, you've actually kind of got me into watching for that specifically. Um, so I think really he is, he's really shown to be our most athletic linebacker, uh, played really well. And I think when Turner came in, he added something in the second half that added a little more athleticism there. Um, I still am a big Muma fan, but against a quarterback like Cam Ward, Muma is not really going to be that guy because he just doesn't have that top end speed in space to really bring the, to make those tackles. The one guy I want to talk about that I was very impressed with was Jeff Petroisky. I, I know that he didn't make a ton of plays in this game, but I think he had, he showed a lot of burst, a lot of heart, played with a lot of high energy, was able to get some good penetration, made a couple big plays, but that's gotta be our guy and that outside linebacker position that's going to get more, that can be a, 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 a weapon in pass rushing. I really like him and I watched him specifically on plays and I'm thinking, he just looks way stronger than Getz does. He just looks much faster and, and has that ability to, to use his moves properly and, and to get by those linemen and to, to, to put pressure on the quarterback. I really like what I see to him. I want to see more, I want to see more snaps from, from Petrovsky because I think that we have a potential star of our linebacking crew in that guy. You add that to our strong inside linebackers. I think that kind of takes shape. I'm not, I'm not happy really with what I'm seeing out of CJ Getz. I don't really feel like he's he's the guy at outside linebacker to really put a lot of that pressure on the quarterback. He also is not really good tackling in space. Um, but so Petroisky and Cheney are my two stars that coming out of this. I, I'm really happy about what I've seen over the weekend and happy about what I think can be happy can be happening going forward. Yeah, I think Petroisky to me, so I'll start there because I'm going to echo what you said. Um, there, there's times we talk about scheming pressure, but then the, we talk also about just being able to beat somebody, right? Like mm -hmm. not having to scheme something. That was the James Thompson play. He just beat the left tackle, right? Petroisky, there was a huge, it was third and 11, um, the play you're referencing. It was a three-man pass rush. They dropped eight. Yeah. And Petroisky beat the tackle clean, used his hands, got around the edge, mm -hmm. didn't get the sack, but he got the pressure that forced an incompletion, which forced a punt in the second half. That was mm -hmm. all Petroisky. Because they were, they were two open receivers, if you remember. Yeah. And Camor didn't have time because Petroisky beat his guy. That's that's what this defense needs sometimes is just a guy that can beat a tackle for a pressure. Yeah. And Petroisky did that. Um, so I, I agree with you. I want to see more ups there. Chaney also agree. He's the most athletic. Now, he's too athletic for his own good at times. There was a couple misses that where he overran a play. There was a he, all of our linebackers right now have a bit of a habit of rushing up field against athletic quarterbacks, and the quarterback just loops around them. If you can picture this in your head, you have to be a little more flat. You have to have a little better angle to get to a guy like Cam Ward. Um, but Cheney is fast. He's explosive. He gets downhill. There's a great clip of him blowing up a running back, stepping up the block, and getting the sack. Really like what I saw. Um, I did track all the misses by players in the open field on Cam Ward. Um, <laughs> And listen, Cam Ward's at, he's, he's tough. He's tough in the, in the open field, right? Um, I've got four on Muma. These are either misses in the pocket or as Cam Ward is scrambling, I have four on Muma, 
two on Daryl Peterson, one on Cheney, two on Turner. A couple of those movement misses were pretty bad. Like, he just can't move laterally with a guy like Cam Ward. He's going to be incredible in a game against Iowa. Like, that's a MUMA game, right? He's going to have 13 tackles and set the tone. That, that's He's a really good player. This is a tough matchup for him. Um, I thought a few of the linebackers, we still struggle with run fits. Like, I put a couple of the clips in Discord if anyone's in there uh, where – you know, our run, our linebackers are just kind of overrunning plays. And then the cutback is there. It's a wide open lane and you can see it. Listen, I'm not saying that's hard, but I am saying a guy like, or Sanborn, those guys were filling those holes. And right now we're leaving those open. So I think run fit leaves something to, to be desired. I'm really high so far on what I've seen from Cheney. And I like the Troy today as well. I want to bring up the, the run fit thing you just mentioned. And the, those, those cutbacks, I do think a lot of that is related to the new scheme because like a lot of those guys, middle linebacker, you get the feel for it, right? When we saw Chanel and Sanborn, they had the feel, right? They, they kind of understood where they're, where the tackles and, and where the defensive linemen were going to kind of push the line. So they knew where they knew kind of where to fill those holes. And I think with time that will get a little better, but I think the scheme is affecting that a little bit because there's still a little unknown as to kind of where they're going and, I wanted to ask you this kind of along these same lines is there were a lot of times I didn't realize how many times we actually only rushed three and we dropped eight and it wasn't really effective because, you know, Cameron was able to make a pass and then we weren't actually able to tackle anybody. And it was, it was a bit of an issue. I wonder if putting more pressure on him would have been better. Now, obviously that means he can escape and then you have less people out there to tackle him, but I was kind of surprised at how many times we only rushed three. I was, I was curious what you think about that. I was, I was actually like, wow, how many times are we going to do that? Yeah. And the funny thing is, we were rushing three into your point, still not being able to tackle in space when we should have eight people in space. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked, I think my favorite scheme that they ran was rushing three or four and then having Cheney as, as the spy. The spy. The yep. And that was effective. And when, when he was the spy, it, it, it made you, you Ward really never, when he did, he did get out of the pocket one time when Cheney was a spy, but Cheney ran him down. And yep. I think that's what you, you need that spy there. If you're going to play a quarterback like that. Now we're not going to be facing another quarterback like that which obviously means that we our guys should be more effective. Um, but I, I, the scheme is something that I'm going to be watching more and more. I'm not, it's, I know a lot of people are thinking, well, this is not really working the three through five, but it's still going to be fine. But I think it's going to take time for the linebackers and the linemen to really understand each other so that some of those, like those back cuts that the running backs are taking aren't going to be there. And the linebackers will be able to fill those holes. I think it's a good point. I think there's spots where the scheme and stuff is overblown. I'm going to get to one in a second, but I think for the linebackers and the defensive line, I think that's a, a very salient, salient yeah. point. Salient, salient is a very good point. All right, let's go. Um, oh, one more, two more quick notes on linebackers. Muma sack. Uh, he again, it's a good and bad. He missed Cam Ward in the pocket, but then great effort play to stay with it, track him down, didn't stay under the turf. I mean, that was a great play by Muma. And then on the look back, Caden Johnson's penalty is even worse. Like when I first saw it, I thought, oh, maybe they just threw it because it was kind of out of the play. DK was going, DK was like four yards out of bounds when Caden kind of took his guy out. Um, I know it's special teams, but he's a linebacker. That's an even worse penalty on the watch back, which is unfortunate. Um, let's go. When I watched that game, when I watched it back last night, I was like, oh man, Ryan's definitely going to bring this up. You were really angry about that. It's just so unnecessary, right? In, in the most critical spot in the game. Um, and I'm sh like, he's just trying to be aggressive. I get it. You can't do that in that moment. Let's go cornerbacks. I'll start off with this one. Um, yeah. This is where I mentioned the scheme thing to me at times doesn't hold as much water. Alexander Smith, there's a play. Uh, and he just, I mean, five, I forget the guy's name, the receiver, number five, really good receiver for Washington state. I think they're number one guy. 
but just ran right by Alexander Smith. Alexander Smith is in press coverage. There's no miscommunication on this one. There were several of those instances too, but this is just one-on-one. And it looks like Alexander Smith got caught half a second slow. I don't know what it is with him right now. Like that's not a scheme thing. It's just, you're in man-to-man coverage run with the dude. You did that at times last year, right? Um, there were several other, other scheme things I thought you could attribute to miscommunication. There were plays we just weren't lined up. There was some obvious issues um, handling multiple receivers to the same side in terms of how, who's going to go where. Hunter Roller got caught up in one of those. We're going to talk safeties in a second. But I just expect that at the end of the day, I just expected Alexander Smith to play better football, right? And it's weird to me that we're not seeing that. Yeah, it's it's a it's very concerning. I mean, like the first touchdown that was it the first touchdown like that. Oh, gosh, I mean, what the heck was that all about? He came in, he just completely overcommitted, and his his receiver just went the other way, and it was wide open touchdown. You can't have that. Alexander Smith was our top cornerback coming into the year, and and we said going into preseason he was one of our potential MVPs of the of the, of the defense, and that has been a struggle so far. I think it might be. It's not, I'm not going to just rely on the scheme thing, but I but I do think the scheme has something to do with it because man coverage is man coverage. I get that, but there were times where where he was also beat because I think there was some confusion about who was going to be covering inside, outside, or what they were doing. But yeah, it, from a general perspective, he has not played well. Now on the flip side of that, I think Ricardo Holman has played well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's he is right now he's our best quarterback. I think in him along with Matry. Uh, but I think Holman's played really well. Uh, he hasn't got a lot of balls thrown his way for a reason. And you, you're not you're not seeing the big breakdowns on his side of the field. So so kudos to him for that. But we have to see improvement from Alexander Smith. And I agree. I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know if he is. Is he just is he struggling? Does he have an injury that's that's not really that's affecting his play? Um, but he needs to be the leader out there. And he has he is he's a very tenured you know player that has a lot of experience. He doesn't look like it right now. He's looking like a freshman cornerback that can't hang with receivers. And these receivers are fine. But as we continue in the schedule, we're going to get a lot more difficult receivers to play against. And we have to be able to rely on him because in what in any scheme that you play, you got to have your top cover corner be a cover corner. And right now, he's kind of in a liability. And you talk about a spot that doesn't have a lot of depth, right? There's no. not – there's. It's not like a receiver where if somebody was struggling, you'd say, oh, just give give uh, Keontas Lewis more reps or give Vinny Anthony more reps or Chris. Like, who, like, who, there's, there's no, there's no real answers there, I guess is my point at cornerback. You, you, Michael Mack, the, the Air Force transfer obviously got denied. Um, it is what it is. He's got to yeah. get better. He is better than this. That's the thing. Like, Alexander Smith is a better football player than this. We know that. And we're, we're cheering for him. We're not trying to be overly hard on him. Like he's a better player than this. And yeah. I mean, we, even in the spring game, we were, we were sitting in the stands saying, gosh, look at him. He's covering every wide receiver we have and just yeah. owning them. And, and yeah, I think, I think he will be better. And I don't know what it is or why he's struggling right now, but yeah, he has to be better. And I think he will. All right, let's go safety. Uh, safety is not an interesting conversation. Rajiv, what do you see rewatch on the safeties? Yeah. So first of all, I'm very glad we have depth at that position because we've needed it because Kamoyla too is he's, he's lost his starting spot and I think he's going to continue. He's not going to play. He's not going to be a starter anymore. Um, so let's talk about the, the best safety we have, which of course are Hunter Wooler. I mean, obviously he is, you talk about disruptive game wrecking kind of ability. That's what he brings. That dude is just everywhere, right? He is, he's putting his nose in every aspect of the defense. He's like, 
he's just, I mean, he, he's playing kind of like just like the center fielder sort of like he he's he's the catch-all. He's any anytime there's a mistake made, you're like, okay, is 24 gonna come in here and clean this up? Because that's just what he does. And he's got so much his motor. I mean, he just doesn't stop. And that's exactly what you need. I also want to say that I was very impressed with Blaylock and Zachman. I think both of them have, have played really well. Blaylock had a kind of a delayed blitz. Um, I think it was the second quarter off the right side, got to the quarterback. He didn't, he didn't stop. Um, he didn't get to the quarterback, but he did force an incompletion. Um, and, and I really like his, his speed. And I think his vision out there is, is great. And Zach and Zachman's really been playing well. I think I did not expect this really out of him. And with, with how poor Latou has been, those guys have stepped up and played well. Now their tackling needs to be better. Um, and I think that will come with more game time, but we're, we're still in a situation at safety where we've got three very solid guys and that I that I expect to be there, and I, I'm very happy that Blackman and and and, and Zachman are doing Blaylock, sorry, and Zachman are doing really well um, because we need that. Latu is simply nowhere to be seen right now, and it's it's really really not good. Yeah, um, Hunter Wohler, he is weapon X. He is so good right now. Um, he's he's like the 82nd Airborne Rajiv. You send him wherever there's trouble. And he's going to put up that trouble. Um, unfortunately, we only have one Hunter Wohler. Tyler Streber asked a little question about Hunter Wohler blitzing. I went back and watched the game. They blitzed him at least three times in this game. They put him at the line of scrimmage a lot. They have him drop back. They have him come after. He had a pass defense on a blitz. They use him everywhere. And his physicality jumps off the page. Like he, he I mean, he just flies in like a heat seeking missile, like Latou does. But the exception is he breaks down and he makes the tackles. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be hard on Latou, but. It's really hard to be that physical, that aggressive, and that fast, and be that sound of a tackler. And that's what Hunter Roller pulls off. Um, so no issues there. He's one of the best safeties in the country, period, stop. I love Zachman in this game. I was really, really impressed by Zachman. He, he physically looks the part. Uh, he was running down the sideline on a vertical route with one of their best receivers and really step for step with him. Um, and, you know, Luke Fickle had a really interesting quote in his postgame press conference about Zachman. He said, we needed to settle guys down. And he went in there and he settled it down. That's a really good quote from a head coach if you're mm -hmm. looking for more playing time. Because um, that that speaks to somebody who understands the the game plan, who's going to be assignment sound. And I think he's athletic enough. So I was impressed as well. Um, I don't know what it is with the two. He has all the physical tools in the world that you want. It's just something is not clicking. Either it's his defense or maybe he has a minor injury. I don't know. But it's just not clicking right now. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I think some of the off the field issues could be could be in his head a little bit, you know, and everything that he's kind of gone through. And and I don't know how that's affecting him, but he's we clearly have, you know, Zachman and Blaylock can start over him, no doubt. And I think they should. And that's just, you know, Latou is he he's had opportunities to 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 be great so far in the first couple of games, and he has really just not been there. I mean, tackling, gosh, his tackling has been so bad. And you, you, we just can't have that because we're going to be playing better teams. And I know the West is weak, and I know our schedule is not so great. But if, if he continues to start, we will struggle, and it's not going to be pretty. Any final um, – I have a couple of notes and just things I picked up. Anything else that we didn't touch on that you were interested in or you saw on the rewatch you said that kind of like, oh, I, I, that's interesting to me? Yeah, the, the one thing that we haven't talked about yet, which I'll just spend a quick second talking about, is is Nathaniel Vacos on the rewatch. <laughs> 49 yard kick. I mean, it was probably good from like 53, 54, which, listen, in college, I always said in the NFL, you want a guy who can hit it from inside of 50. He needs to hit it. In college, he's everyone, you have to hit it from inside of 40. You, you can't miss inside of 40 yards. Well, he just nailed the 49 yarder, no problem. And everything he kicked was great. Everything. 
And that is such a huge weapon for us, which I'm, I'm very impressed with. Now, the, the one bad thing on special teams was the, um, the long kickoff return they had. It was called back for holding, which is fine, but still – you know, the, the, the gap discipline there and, and that definitely did not work. Um, so that was something that I feel like we, we struggled with a little bit on that play, but overall special teams, I still graded them an A. I think that was really good, but it's nice to have Vakos back. They're really, really, really nice. All right. Let me, uh, and yes, agree a hundred percent on Vakos. Um, let me empty my notebook here. A few other random things on the two point conversion, the option that we ran, went back and watched it. A lot of people hated that call. People always hate calls when they don't work. I'm not saying that was the right call, but Mordecai needs to make that defensive player commit. Like, so Mordecai pitches it early. The defensive end that had had Mordecai was able to get in on the tackle on Ches Malusi. That can't happen. Like, you make him commit, then you pitch the ball. Um, I, I, it wasn't executed well by Mordecai. Not to say it would have worked, but that, that play had no chance when you pitch and you don't make the guy commit. Um where is Keontas Lewis? I made a note of that. And this was before his brother started tweeting. I don't know if anyone saw this. His brother started tweeting about the batters not using Keontas Lewis, and that's hmm. gained some traction. But I'm watching a game, and I'm just like, coming into the game, we, we coming into the season, we talked, this is probably the best vertical, deep vertical pure speed threat on the roster. It's interesting that he just – and maybe that's because he, he got a little dinged up or Mordecai's deep ball accuracy. I don't know. It's interesting to me. I'm not sure where Keontas Lewis is. Um, let me see what else I got here. Oh, I wanted to, to talk about this one. We talked a lot about miscommunication, uh, Some just where the defense didn't look crisp. There was a three-play. This is three plays in a row in the second quarter. First or second quarter, uh, you had Hunter Wohler missing a read on a wheel route where Cam Ward had a wide-open pass up the sideline. Second Very, quarter. Yep. Second quarter. The very next play, Latou was way too aggressive on the running back pass and let the running back get behind him. Mm -hmm. The very next play – the Badgers line up with 12 people on the field and still don't cover everybody and give up a wide open touchdown. That's a three play sequence on the road where you miss your best player. Wohler misses a read on a, a wheel route, gets caught behind Latou charges ahead, doesn't get his read. And then you don't, you have too many people on the field and still don't cover everybody. I think, I think we can all agree that can't happen. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it was, I remember thinking when I watched that back and that, that sequence that you're talking about, I was thinking to myself, coaching, I mean, what's what's happening right now? Like, this has to be cleaned up. We can't – there were several times where our defense just wasn't ready. They were lining up in formations that we just weren't prepared for. We didn't – we had no idea. Assignments were confusing, and that cost us. It cost us yards, cost us points. Um, that can't happen, and I expect that to get cleaned up. I mean, it's still the second game with a brand-new system, brand-new defensive coordinator. So – those things have to be cleaned up. And if they don't get cleaned up, we have bigger problems that, that down the line. But I I fully expect after that game, Fickle sat down with his coaching staff and there was a lot of cleanup that happened after this game. It's good that this game happened now. The, the, we we kind of got a bit of exposed. We're, we're going to get cleaned up. So the fact that this happened now is good. We have all season to correct it. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, Rajiv, he is Rajiv. I'm Ryan. This is Locked on Badgers. This was the rewatch. Appreciate it so, so much. Uh, we'll talk again tomorrow.